United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Knox Thames is visiting expert at the U.S. Institute of Peace with the Middle East and, and region and inclusive societal teams. The Inclusive Societies team. He is with me on the 40th anniversary of the UN Declaration of the Elimination of All Forms of Intolerance and of Discrimination Based on Religion or Belief. Knox, how did that turn out? Well, it's a work in progress. Um, you know, Thanksgiving wasn't the only holiday that was marked on Thursday. This declaration was passed 40 years ago um, to try to have a very simple goal to end persecution based on faith and to defend religious minorities. But, you know, despite its long and convoluted name, we're really not quite where we want to be uh, with the ideas that were expressed within. We know that governments discriminate and persecute, terrorists terrorize, all because of religion or belief. Um, But at the same time, while the situation is bleak, there is a global movement starting to build that's trying to meet this challenge. So I think, you know, when we ask, will persecution and discrimination on account of belief ever end? How we, the United States, other countries respond over the next 40 years will really determine the answer to that question. Um, It seems, correct me if I'm wrong, Knox, but Mm -hmm. it does seem like most conflicts now, or more conflicts now, have to do with religion than, for example, territory. That's a real trend. You're right to identify. Um, You're seeing, on one side, terrorist groups who are targeting communities because they think and believe differently. Um, I mean, the State Department on November 15th, Secretary Blinken issued a new list of sort of the worst places in the world for religious freedom and identified the Taliban and ISIS as uh, extreme persecutors of religious groups. That's sort of a no brainer. Mm. Um, but it also identified 10 countries, the China's, Iran, North Korea's, but also added Russia to the list of a country that's going after groups because they don't like how what they believe. They don't like mm. what they're practicing, how they're living out those faiths. Um, at the same time, the Blink, Blink, uh, Secretary Blinken did receive some criticism because he removed Nigeria from this worst of the worst list. And a lot of advocates were found that curious because the situation in Nigeria is far from uh, ideal with both the government and Boko Haram going after different religious groups with, uh, with a real hatred. Um, and I think people thought they should have remained on that list to spur some diplomacy. Muslims, are I believe they're, they're the fastest growing religious group in the world. Yeah, the Pew Research Center has done some excellent work every year at kind of analyzing global trends on religion. Uh, the global Muslim community is the fastest growing. It's still second to Christianity. And what you see when you look at persecution trends worldwide, because Christians and Muslims are the two biggest groups. They're sort of the two groups that face the most persecution. Uh, In my analysis, Christians are almost always targeted by terrorists. Um, And that's not to say governments don't go after Christians. They do. But like the worst situations are terrorists attacking Christians. And on the flip side, for Muslims, it's governments going after Muslims. Mm. China's genocide against Uyghurs, Mm -hmm. Burma's military regime against Rohingya. Um, It's a tough place for a lot of groups around the world. I mean, I, for one, look forward to our mixed-race, Spanish-speaking, Muslim future. And and don't you think that demographics, in a lot of ways, will address some of these problems? I mean, not in the short term, Knox, obviously, but uh, long term. 
Well, this is the thing that's concerning. Um, the world is becoming a smaller place. People of different ethnicities and religions are living together really like never before in human history. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, we're seeing groups wanting to separate, wanting to homogenize. And those two trend lines are in conflict. And so Mm -hmm. in addition to standing up for human rights, I think we've got to be focusing on education. Like how do we teach kids to live in diverse societies, to appreciate pluralism, to respect the inherent human rights of every individual to think and live and believe as they wish. Um, And if we don't do that, then we're going to be in a world of hurt for the future. Um, But there are, you know, positive cases where you're seeing, um, this, this, the importance of diversity of living together, working, and and people forming sort of new societies that didn't exist a decade or even a gen- or a generation before. You know, Knox, President Bush's theory of this uh, was that economics takes care of a lot of it. You know, if people have a job and they're doing well um, and and they, they feel hope for their family, for the next generation and onward, they're less likely to engage in oppressive, religious-based oppressive behaviors. And that and he was always dismissed for being an idiot. Uh, but there's something to that, right? Like there's a, a kernel of truth. It's not the whole answer, but there a kernel of truth in it. I think so. And, um, you know, people are are able to provide for their families, are able to um, uh, accumulate the things that everybody wants. I mean, this is the thing as a former diplomat who's traveled the world, Mm. people are people. Like, people want the same thing for their kids, Uh, uh, education, a bright future, the ability to sort of increase uh, wealth over time. Um, That's a commonality. So if we can ensure that people can have stable living conditions, then these sort of viruses of extremism and terrorism are less attractive. Like you said, though, it's not going to be a silver bullet, but it's, mm-hmm. it's part of the solution set. Um, in addition to you know teaching kids how to live and with others, exposing them to different ideas, um, not asking them to dumb down their beliefs, but just to, to help them have a global perspective that the world is a big and interesting place, and mm-hmm. there are a lot of other people who live differently and. And we've got to find a way to, to, to live together or human rights abuses will be going on for another 40 years. Oh, oh, and 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 discuss um, mentioning your own experience as a well-traveled uh, one-time diplomat. It, it is interesting that that when you have means, you can travel the world and and visit other places and other cultures, and that expands your. I hate the word tolerance, right? Because it, yeah. uh, it's it's an uncomfortable word, but your understanding and your yeah. I don't know your your attitudes about other people. And I think this is where Zoom. We've all learned how to use it over the last. 18 months, two years, Mm -hmm. this could be an incredibly powerful classroom tool to like, you know, kids in small town, America can't go to small town, Asia, but they can have, you know, sister classrooms uh, affiliations with through Zoom so they can get to see people and know them. They're not just, uh, it's not just a dot on a map. Oh, that's a friend that I correspond with through email or Twitter or Snapchat or Zoom. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunities to use technology to sort of bridge those gaps, to expose people to a wider world that didn't that we didn't know existed two two years ago. Um, but we've got to make sure we're thinking about how to use this and not just uh, sit idly by and just wish things would get better. Well, and speaking of, so it was 40 years ago the UN adopted this resolution. What have they done? Like, what activities have they undertaken? Yeah, so it's uh, they have a special religious freedom ambassador who travels the world who can speak out that, that came out of this declaration. That's been a very important uh, spokesperson. Um, 
Following that, the U.S. created our own special religious freedom ambassador. And over the last decade, we've seen a real growth of about of other countries also wanting to spend more attention focusing on defending the rights of people to believe what they want to believe. And now there's an, actually an alliance that's been created of 33 nations that's looking to meet this challenge. They, they recently spoke out about kidnapped Yazidis in Syria. They spoke out about religious minorities in Afghanistan, and they're trying to find a way to push back against what China and Burma and terrorist groups are doing to as a defense of these common values of freedom of belief, freedom of religion, freedom of conscience, knowing that if we can uh, establish this space, the world's going to be a, a safer place, a more progressive place, a more tolerant place, and a more peaceful place. And so it's in our interests and it also reflects our values to be pouring in a lot of uh, resources and attention on this topic. Really fascinating issue. Knox Thames, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thank you, Julie. Great to talk to you. Knox Bye. is a visiting expert at the U.S. Institute of Peace with the Middle East and Religion and Inclusive Societies teams. It is the 40th anniversary of the U.N. Declaration of the Elimination of All Forms of Intolerance and of Discrimination Based on Religion or Belief. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.